Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Call of the Loons. Welcome back. Sports Auto. Mike Max, Dave Morris, Sid Hartman, Chris Wright, who's helped run the operation over there. And Chris, um, next week at this time, we're going to be one exciting, well, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Who would ever thunk last spring that you'd be looking at back-to-back sellouts, St. Thomas against St. John's in football, and then the next night, the playoff game, uh, Allianz is going to be showcased like it's never been showcased before next weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an incredible weekend for our club, uh, for Allianz Field. Um, for I mean, I, I think sports really in this marketplace, Mike, obviously this, there are tremendous moments in sports, but to be hosting what, could arguably be the final game uh, between St. John's and St. Thomas that is played in the Twin Cities at Allianz Field on the Saturday and and then come back with an ESPN game at 7.30 on Sunday night against arguably one of the story franchises in the MLS, the LA Galaxy, and play our inaugural home playoff game at Allianz Field uh, in front of 40,000 people over the course of the weekend. Uh, you know, what a, what, a, what a great weekend that is going to be for uh, Allianz Field. Chris, what do you need to uh, turn the facility over in 24 hours from football to soccer? Well, the um, the, the change to football is already happening. Um, as, as we know, we've uh, laid a completely different field for um, you know this coming weekend. Uh, we're already into sort of uh, uh, testing lines that can be taken out for the soccer game on Sunday, um, and goalposts are already in. Field is being prepared. Uh, for uh, the Johnny's Tommy's game, um, you know, on the Saturday, where we have got um, terraplast that will go in along the sidelines, and then the markings will go in, and obviously, staff will be ready for a one o'clock game on on Saturday. But we're anticipating that all the festivities will start at nine o'clock, ten o'clock on Saturday morning. But immediately that that game is over, then obviously terraplast comes out, goalposts come down. Uh, markings on the field go away. We start to prepare the field then uh, for um, Sunday's game. And then the cleaning of every space, the restocking of all of the concessions, the changing of the great lawn outside. We've got a massive event before the Johnny's Tommy's game. And then we have another different type of massive event outside of the field on Sunday prior to our game against the LA Galaxy. Did you ever dream that this thing would be well, Sid, we're just really thankful. Uh, we're thankful for a lot of different things. Um, I, I, I did dream that it would be this successful. Uh, you, as you well know, Sid, I, um, you used to cover me back in the Minnesota Strikers days, so I'm, I'm so thankful <laughs> that our game has finally taken, um, taken its place in this community. We really believe that we have taken our place in the community. The stadium has taken its place in the community, and based on the events that we've been able to bring U.S. men's national team, women's national team games, international friendly games. And now to be able to do what we're doing this next weekend, Johnny's Tommy's iconic rivalry, um, and, and then host the first playoff game all in the first year of the, uh, 
of the stadium. Uh, wow, what a year it's been. It's been absolutely incredible. So very pleased on so many levels. And I'm really pleased for all of our fans, whether you're a football fan this weekend or you're an MNUFC fan uh, this weekend. What a, what a great weekend just to celebrate sports and its meaningfulness in our community. I can remember you and I had a conversation. You said there's too many sports in this town. <laughs> One sport yeah. is going to suffer. Do you still believe that? Well, I, you know, we're all finding, um, you know, our own way. I mean, I, you know, I was at the Gulf of football game last night, Sid, and I have no idea how many they announced at the Gulf of football game last night. But this team is 6-0. and and the stadium wasn't full last night. And, you know, the um, when I look at the, the season ticket bases of all of these franchises that we have in town, they, there is so much incredible opportunity and yet competition in the marketplace for discretional spending from consumers, from, uh, you know, corporate partnerships, from uh, different sort of companies in, in the town. You know, in the end, something has got to give. And... Um, I, I don't know that. I think we're all um, we're doing better than surviving. We're you know we're sort of thriving in so many different ways. But um, it is it's the smallest marketplace in the country, with all of the professional sports teams um, you know in that market. So obviously, in the end, there is a lot of competition for the entertainment dollar inside of our market. Chris, you know some conversation. Uh, with St. Thomas looking to go in FCS in football, that Allianz could be a, a stadium for them. Uh, I was talking to Manny Lagos about the other night, and he says, we are very particular about our turf and how it works and all that stuff. Do you see anything like that? If they went, uh, you know, some people refer to it as one double A. It's, it's FCS, they call it. But, but could, it, could you have a home football team there? I, I can see us doing one-off games, Mike, in the future. Um, but until our turf is really um, mature and we know that it can sustain uh, repeated sort of games, back-to-back games like this weekend. I mean, you know, we've gone to an enormous amount of expense and, and work to prepare a stadium for this weekend to make sure that Johnny's Thomas comes off in the way that we all want it to come off, to make sure that our playoff game is managed the way that we want it to be managed. Um, that comes with an awful lot of expense. You can't do what we're doing for this weekend too many times. Um, and so until that field is really, really mature and we know that it can sort of bounce back very, very quickly from back-to-back events, we're, we're still very careful with what we actually put into the stadium. Um, some way down the road, maybe, um, but um, I, I don't see it in the immediate future, to be very honest with you. Uh, interesting exchange. Final question from me, Chris, and that is, uh, I think our fans are just learning your playoff structure. What ha- so assuming, say you can get past uh, L.A. on Sunday, what next? Yeah, so uh, frying pan into the fire sort of thing. We play the Galaxy and obviously historic franchise. If we're able to beat them, then the team that gets the bye from our conference is LAFC, who have the best record in our league uh, this year, and that game will be played away uh, the following Thursday. So immediately that, um, you know, hopefully we, we beat the Galaxy on, on Sunday. Uh, you know, we would climb on a plane very, very quickly and we'd be on our way to the other L.A. team and play LAFC on Thursday night in L.A. Chris Wright, congratulations on the great uh, operation. And for being on the show sir. today, we'll get you specific to Murray, the best stake in town. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Thank you, Chris. Good luck, Chris.
Hi, that's Chris Wright, uh, and you're listening to Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Sid Hartman and Dave Mona have made their way to U.S. Bank Stadium. It is there that they will partake. If they have to throw elbows, they will in the brunch that is provided for us. It is absolutely outstanding. But generally speaking, if you get there around 1120, 1125, uh, as much as 1130, sometimes the line can be long. And the patience can wear thin with Sid Hartman. So we've got a camera position there. We will go to it if we need to to give you a play-by-play and, dare I say it, blow-by-blow. Because when they roll out the pancakes and the waffles and Hartman and Mona need to get to the front of the line, all bets are off. We will keep you updated on that throughout the rest of the show. Matt Entz will join us in a bit. He's the head coach at North Dakota State. They're on a roll again. Big win against Northern Iowa. And, oh, yeah, he can talk about Philadelphia's quarterback today. Carson Wentz. It's Entz, not Wentz, but he's the head coach at North Dakota State. The man that manages the Minnesota Twins is Rocco Baldelli. And what an inaugural season for him managing this team and all that went on with it. He and I had a chance to sit down and talk about 2019 and really 2020. As you look back and you haven't had much time to look back, what, what, what surprised you the most about being a manager? Oof. But, you know, when you deal um, in baseball and you're you're working with a, a staff and you're working with uh, an entire team of guys, um, you know what surprised me. What surprises you is is day to day when you walk in the door. Um, you're never really sure what's going to happen. But there might be a crisis waiting. There, you know what? There could be. With our group, there really wasn't. But, but you don't know. But, but you just don't know, and you just have to to be prepared every single day when you walk in the door to do anything you can to have any conversation um, that you need to have with with any person. And and the unknown is probably the uh, the most um, you know interesting part of the job. And and when you do uh, take it, you sign up for the whole the whole job. You know, you don't just sign Sign up for the for the easy parts, so you don't just sign up for the wins. Um, you sign up for everything, and um, that's probably uh, because you don't know what you're going to deal with. And and sometimes you end up in conversations that you're not overly uh, prepared for going in. Um, it's also really rewarding because sometimes you see these really. Um, you know, beautiful things happen or you end up in a situation you weren't prepared for, but it turns out really well. Uh, it feels good. Like, those are the things that actually feel good. We, we like going out there and winning games. So that's saying that we're but, at um, historic you know, helping people and putting people in a good spot to succeed and then watching them do it said, is I'm really nice. What, what do you want players that play for you to say about you? You know, playing for Rocco Baldelli was fill in the blank. Is it different for everybody or is there some constant that you want them to say? These, these are tough questions because, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't really think of things in, in those terms really ever. Um, I, I hope our guys, you know, walk away going, uh, you know, I love that team. Yeah. You know, I love playing. And I got treated fairly. I love playing with those guys. Yeah. I loved working with that staff. Um, that was a great year. And, and I want guys walking away feeling good about what just happened, you know. Uh, thinking about you know the the playoffs and everything that that was related to those three games that just happened, we're all going to learn from that and we're all going to pay attention to it and, and think about it going forward. But ultimately, I want guys going away feeling very satisfied with how this year went. We are we are programmed to as uh, it's almost our bravado to say, well, I'm never satisfied till we mm-hmm. win the World Series or whatever it is in yeah. your particular profession. I don't think there's anything wrong with being satisfied with a season like this yeah. and not feeling wimpy or anything else about it. Right. How do you see that? 
Well, I, I think that um, there are there are goals that we shoot for every day when we show up. We, we, we try to show up very consistently. We try to show up uh, and create a very, very good, positive environment for our guys to play in. We encourage our players as much as we possibly can, try to get them ready to go. We try to get them ready to play. Those are individual battles every single day that, that we fight. These are the things that, that we do. Luckily, we have a great group of guys that uh, respond really well, and they play. They're, they're professionals. They handle their business uh, uh, really, really well. We, I don't think that looking at the year and thinking that it was a really positive year and that guys reached new levels in their career and did all these good things, I don't think looking at this year um, uh, in any way except uh, in, in a positive light uh, is correct. You know, leaving with a bitter taste in your mouth um, is, you know, if, if you're if you're going to look at it and go, hey, could have done this, could have done that. If you're always focusing on the on the negatives, I think you miss a lot of the positives. Um, I think there were way more positives than negatives this year. When what do you enjoy the most? Is it the nine innings where you you and you're talking to Derek and figuring this chess match out three innings ahead, or is it the I took a player into my office today and I got him to relax and realize that he's a lot better player than he is. Is there one that you enjoy more than the other? Well, you know, th there's so much going on during the season. Um, and now we're sitting here. It's the off-season. We're already yep. in the off-season. And I think the satisfying, the most satisfying part of this job is now sitting here and looking at all of our guys. And that includes our staff, not just our players. And looking at how phenomenal they they did looking at all the great things that they did over the year as much as they grew and like we said guys that guys that are reaching new kind of heights in their life and their career um, watching us come together collectively I can look at that now and take a moment and say you know we had a small part in, in helping uh, this group, helping this particular player, um, and all of these things. These are the things that matter. We're dealing with people here. You know, we're, we're not dealing with, uh, you know, the um, the standings and, and numbers. And no, we're dealing with with people. You know, we I care about our guys. I want them to, to know that and feel that. And if they do, then I walk out satisfied. And last, I mean, obviously, personnel will take care of itself. You guys got to figure out what the roster is going to look like. But above and beyond that, when you go to spring training next year, how will you? You'd be different probably be slightly more relaxed because mm. walking in last year you, you shouldn't look nervous well, i was i was very nervous you were nervous the uh you know the, yeah coming together within the team um and a group of guys for the first time and trying to set the right feel and set the right tone uh, for everything going on, I think it's really important. And I think, um, you know, going in, I wanted to make sure we, we address things the right way. We talked about people, uh, we talked about things the right way with all of our guys. Um, that first team meeting was definitely something that uh, was something that I spent a lot of time thinking about. Um, I think it went well. You know, that first spring training game is something that I had never personally done before and gone through before, never managed anything in my life. It went fine, but going into the those things for the first time were definitely, uh, you know, they were in my mind and I was thinking about them a lot. But going into this year, um, I think we can focus on, on, you know, getting to the nuts and bolts of things a little bit sooner, not having to spend as much time on, on the other stuff. Um, but I think... Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it already. We're all going to take a little break. Yep. We're going we're gonna to breathe a little bit. We're going to put our feet up and then get to work. Um, but we'll be, we'll be ready to go in February. Rocco Baldelli, what a season it was for him and the Minnesota Twins. And he's an interesting guy. And cerebral, as you can tell. Never gets emotional uh, in terms of the emotions of a game. And, and one time this year I asked him about that. I said, you know, we're talking about having the, 
we hear about that manager umpire confrontation, and sometimes you do it to try to fire your team up and all that stuff. And, and his statement to me, I, this I think makes him unique. He said, "I've never understood why two grown men need to sit and yell at each other. I don't know why you can't figure it out. If you have a question, you have a question." And I think he, he handles his players that way too. We don't we don't need fire and brimstone. We need to be able to talk like adults and. It sure worked this year. Matt Ance is the head coach in North Dakota State. He's not far away. They won another big one yesterday. And, oh, yeah, he used to work with a quarterback named Carson Wentz. All that straight ahead. The sports are. We're looking at Sid and Dave right now. They have just entered the cafeteria at U.S. Bank Stadium. Sid, don't do it, Sid. He is pushing his walker to the front of the line. And somebody, uh uh-oh. All right, let's just go to break, and we'll see if we can sort through this thing. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Sid Hartman somehow managed to go inside the kitchen. They made him his own plate. We're looking at the video as we speak right now. And it looks like waffles and orange juice and, um, oh, boy, I can't tell what it is. We'll try to get that by the end of the show. You know, North Dakota State has been one of the greatest stories in the history of college football and the way they've dominated it and now dominating with their third head coach, Matt Entz took over this year, although he'd been in the program for a long time. And uh, they did a number yesterday on one of their rivals, Northern Iowa, and he joins us now. Coach, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Tell, you know, this year, obviously, you know you're strong every year. But uh, yesterday, it looked like, and I'm just following from afar, but offensively, uh, you guys have been on fire all year. But yesterday, you, you, you took it uh, up to another level there the first half, it looked like. Well, we did. We uh, we jumped out quick. Our kids, uh, we started fast, which is always critical in any game. Doesn't matter who your opponent is. And first drive, we went right down and scored, and and uh, uh, turned some positive field position into scores. And so um, we did a great job offensively. We were able to run the football, and that was the challenge this week. Uh, University of Northern Iowa traditionally is a stout defense, and for us to be able to run for over 300 yards was was critical in our success. Yeah, you, you've been the offensive coordinator, you know, and we're going to talk about quarterbacks here in a second. But when, when I watched North Dakota State over the years, and the names change a little bit, you know, we saw Crockett and Gordon all those. You always want to pound the football. It, it, you never want to be one dimensional. Oh, you, you're exactly right. We we don't want to be one dimensional, but but uh, we're going to hang our hat on running the football. And we're going to talk about the system that we think uh, gives us the best chance to win games. Uh, we'll incorporate it, you know, some under center run game with some in the gun and some quarterback run game and try to make people defend, uh, you know, the entire field when they have to play the Bison. And, and one of those people that can run the ball is Trey Lance. He's your quarterback, redshirt freshman out of Marshall, Minnesota. I remember watching him play in high school. And, uh, you know, he was, he was a good basketball player, too, like, like so many, any part of that. You know, they had a couple of years, as you know, at Marshall there. With, boy, they turned out a lot of uh, great athletes, and he, w- he was in the middle of that. Take me back to what you saw on him in film, because he has been off the charts so far this year. Well, he's a, he's a young man who uh, is still continuing to learn the offense, but each week you can just see his confidence grow, not only with the other 10 guys on the field, but in himself, uh, with the understanding of all the trade shift and motions that we utilize to, to gain leverage, and just having a better command of, of the offense. Um, the thing that I'm probably the most excited about is for a young player, his ability to take what the defense gives us. He doesn't try to force things. He understands that it's okay to throw a ball out of bounds. It's okay to pull it down and run as long as we continue to move the chains. Uh, he's not looking to, you know, make the, the highlight film or highlight play all the time. He just wants to be consistent uh, and, and be efficient. 
he was off the charts too when he came down to Target Field. You guys played Butler to open the season back August thirty first. Uh, what was that game like, atmosphere wise, and what did it do for your program to come in here and, and not just you know you got to play in front of a lot of your North Dakota State alumni, et cetera, but but to do play that well. And what was Target Field like? Well, it was a uh, it was first off the, the the Twins were just unbelievable as an organization, opening up their doors and allowing allowing us to use their locker room and their facility and. Uh, Really, to, to turn their field into a football field over the course of a ten-day, uh, you know, travel series or ten-day trip that the the baseball team had was 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 awesome uh, that they were willing to do something like that. But to have thirty-five thousand Bison fans, and and I think we had a lot of different football fans that were there that day as well. People that had heard about the Bison, and you know, well, we need to go check this thing out. But uh, uh, it was I couldn't say enough about the the people of downtown Minneapolis, the people of Minneapolis. Um, and the twins, and of course, Mike. You know, we we've lived for years with recruits from the Minneapolis oh, yeah. area and the state of Minnesota. And so, for us to get a play right there in in our own backyard of recruiting was 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 huge. Uh, and it helped because I know there was a ton of future recruits, a ton of current recruits that were in attendance that day. What's game day like in Fargo? What, what's the tailgate? What, what's the atmosphere like in, in Fargo? Especially, you know, you got homecoming yesterday, a top ten matchup. You, you, you throw that in, but but what's it like around the field? Are, are people are there? Are there uh, is is it motorhomes? Is it what? Oh, it's it's motorhomes. It's it's huge uh, banquet tents. It's uh, RVs. It's whatever they could come up with and and, and turn into bison vehicles. Uh, uh, our, our tailgating, I think, is is one of the greatest scenes in college football. It's the way it's supposed to be done. And then those people bring that excitement from the parking lot into the dome. And there's 19,000 fans that are unbelievably loud. I always joke that, uh, you know, at, at our introduction, it, it's almost as if it's a rock concert and then a football game breaks mm-hmm. out. Well, you know, I, I was up there for practice a few years ago with you guys. And of course I spent a fair amount of time up there over the years and starting with coach bowl. And I, I go hunting up there a lot. So I always like to pop in when I can. And, and I, I watched as the, uh, when they went to practice from the dome to your practice field, the locker room. And yep. it, it was what, and I didn't know this happened. I just I observed it. Uh, Everybody piles in in their full uniform into pickup trucks and cars, and they might have five or – you're only driving. I mean, you're, you're going off 10 miles an hour for a couple blocks. But as you're watching this, you're going, what, what an exercise in bonding, huh? I mean, do you get the oh, seniors yeah. with the freshmen, and, and, and you jump on with me, and it's kind of like, I got a ride for you. Don't worry about it. It, it is. It's one of those uh, unique traditions that we have here is the uh, – Pack the car as full as we can and take as few as we can. If you have a pickup, uh, we're probably going to have people sitting in the back of the t- uh, of the uh, of the bed, and uh, it, it's just how we do it. And uh, it is it's, it, it develops camaraderie, develops unity, and uh, it, it, it most importantly develops an appreciation for one another. It sure does, and you didn't really. It's just one of those things I'm sure that grew organically. But when you see it, you go. Wow, I kind of get it now. I understand the culture a little bit more. And, of course, one of the reasons we wanted Leon today wasn't just a big win yesterday, but the Minnesota Vikings play the Philadelphia Eagles with a quarterback by the name of Carson Wentz. Take me back. First time you saw him, what were your impressions? Well, he's been a, he's been an unbelievable competitor ever since uh, uh, coming to us from Bismarck Century High School. And, uh, you know, I, I know uh, early in my career here at NDSU, uh, you know, he, he, he was throwing – you know, across the field uh, shots from day one and has always had a big, strong arm, has always been uh, hyper mature, hyper intelligent as far as football goes. And he's such a, a sharp person. 
and, and I'll tell you what, he, he is such a good quality person. He, he, I'm sure the NFL is excited about having a young man like him who has his priorities straight, but uh, is a good teammate, is a good person, and, and wants to do things right in this world. I mean, physically, was he just, could you see he was gifted, or did he grow into his body while he was in college? What was that process like? Well, he, he continued to put weight on it. You know, his senior year here, he was probably pushing 235, 240. But, you know, he's a 6'5". He, he's a huge frame young man. But, uh, um, you know, he, the, the, the arm strength and the, and the ability to run and, and, and some of the quarterback run game stuff that we wanted to do with him, uh, that was evident from early in his career that this young man had the skill set to be very successful. But I, I got to say, you know, he, he's put himself in these situations by – dedicating himself to the film, dedicating himself to the weight room, dedicating himself to, to getting better every day. So when you're sitting with him, watching him watch film, and you guys are going over it, especially when you're on the offensive side of the ball, could you tell that he's seeing the right things? What do you look for in trying to figure out if a quarterback gets it or not? Well, I think the, the best example that I can come up with is, you know, uh, late in his career, yeah, he was coming up to the offense and having the third down ideas that were were critical for our success that week. He had the plays that he he felt like were going to be successful. So you you really saw him come for full circle in his career from you know a redshirt freshman to the end of it. He was a huge part of our game planning uh, in 2014. And what's it like when he plays every Sunday? Is everybody kind? I know you guys that that's a that's a big digest and plan ahead week for for co- for people that don't know college football coaches spend probably their longest day is Sunday, the day after a game. But is everybody kind of tapped into where he's playing and what he's doing that day? Yes, we are. We're, we, we have a number of guys that are in the NFL, and, yep. all, and all our coaching staff is, is unbelievably excited about these guys and, and how they represent NDSU out in the NFL. But uh, I got a suspicion that about every TV in the, in the coaching office and in our, coaching, in our football facility will be on the, the Vikings-Eagles today. <laughs> you know, and, and then there's the carryover effect, right? Because Easton Stick becomes a better quarterback because he's with Carson Wentz, and Trey Lance becomes a better quarterback because he's with Easton Stick. I, I mean, that, that's what you really want to get going in a program. It, we have, uh, and, and, you know, iron sharpens iron and we continually talk about it, but the other name I got to throw out there, Mike, is, is Randy Hedberg, our quarterback coach. Uh, there's the one constant, the one common denominator is Randy is, has worked with all three of these young men and does an unbelievable job. Uh, the, the detail, uh, the effort, the energy he puts into these quarterbacks, making sure that they're prepared each week, but also that they're going to be prepared to be successful in whatever they do in life. You know, I don't know how, how you digest pressure, but you certainly, it's pretty simple in North Dakota State when you win the national championships, you're playing to win a national championship. How does that feel to a head coach in his first year? Well, I, I, I try not to think about it too much. <laughs> I just try to worry about the next one, and uh, and I try to keep my, my focus on this week and how we can continue to get better and, and then the opponent that's uh, going to be here in about seven days. So uh, all my energy is going towards Missouri State right now, and, and we try to you know, coach our kids up on that and, and trying to avoid the noise. And uh, let's make the main thing the main thing this week, and that's going one and zero. Does it matter a lot to them though when you're when you're recruiting when you can paint a picture of people in the NFL and, and if if somebody can see that for themselves and see how many you turn out is that a big uh, in, in terms of recruiting and and do the NFL teams are they I assume they're through there every spring and fall watching. Oh, we have yeah every NFL teams. Through NDSU yeah. multiple times during the fall and the spring, and so I think it's a, you know, it, we we're always going to recruit kids that have a desire or 
a want and to go to the, go on and play the NFL. And I think as a as a college coach, you want to have guys who see themselves playing at the very highest level because you know that then they're going to be committed to getting better. But uh, um, I think there is probably some. It does help us a little bit in recruiting to know that I can go to NDSU and, and I still have every opportunity out there to to be the very best football player I can. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, Marcus Williams was a kid that I knew so well when he was here. Of course, yep. he played at Hopkins, and and, and uh, uh, he scored two touchdowns against the Gophers one night as a cornerback. I mean, things like that. Mm-hmm. You guys have had a lot of things happen, and a lot of highlights uh, happened uh, uh, since you you know since you've been there, and, and, and since you guys have taken this thing to a. Uh, a place that we never thought we'd see before. Now you, you got an offensive lineman starting for the Green Bay Packers as well right now. Yeah, Billy Turner's doing yeah. a great job, and uh, uh, we got a linebacker starting for the the Baltimore Ravens right now. So I mean, it's a uh, uh, it, it's fun to see our guys go have success, and and, and I hope there's a little bit of uh, the work ethic and uh, how we approach uh, games and the process that we, we go through each week has helped these guys transition into the NFL. Last question: Did that blizzard get you much this last week? Did it did it get Fargo pretty good? We got about three to four inches. It slowed some people down. Uh, I think it did. It, it, it prevented maybe some people from the western side of the state to get to the game. Uh, but we still ended up having almost eighteen thousand fans there uh, with the blizzard. But I know if you go about an hour and a half west, they got twenty-eight inches. <laughs> I know you. Know, that's right where I duck hunt. Yeah, you know, and I'm going. I can't go duck hunting now because there's a foot and a half snow until that thing melts <laughs> a little bit. So I hope I can stop by and see it when I get up there. But I appreciate. Hey, you need to. The, do- the doors are always open. We'd love to have you. I appreciate that, Coach, and con- continued success and congratulations. Thank you. Have a great day. You bet. Matt Ann said, Coach, North Dakota State, they won a big one against uh, Northern Iowa, but we wanted to have him on today as well because he was uh, front and center there coaching uh, Carson Wentz, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, the Vikings opponent today. When we come back, Dan Bailey, the Vikings kicker, stay with us. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. Started with Dave St. Peter, Kirk Cousins, P.J. Fleck, Richard Pitino, Chris Wright, Rocco Baldelli, Matt Entz, head coach of North Dakota State we just had on. And, you know, the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week last week, you know who that was? It was Dan Bailey, the Vikings kicker. So when we had our pre-production meeting this week, we said, who should we talk to? And I said, well, Dan Bailey was the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. So why don't I go out there and see if I can talk to him uh, to give you a little bit of a flavor, you people like to get to know these players. You like to you you listen to them. You read between the lines. You see what they're made of. Uh, it's a valuable asset for us to bring that to you. Here now, my conversation with Vikings kicker and NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Dan Bailey. You know, awards come and go, but let's start with that. Uh, when you get Special Teams Player of the Week, that's something to hang on the wall and remember. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously pleased with pleased with that. It's an honor for sure. Um, but you know, it's it's really a it's a whole unit thing. I mean, as far as me, Austin, and, and Britain go, um, I couldn't do it without those guys. And I think uh, it's just a testament to to how well we've all transitioned together and and uh, put together a good you know good five weeks here. And so, at the end of the day, there's still what 12 weeks of football left. So, um, you know, definitely enjoy it. But uh, just understand that we got a lot of football ahead of us. So we're just gonna focus on that and, and do the best we can. That's a lot of transition. You're talking about two pieces that weren't here last year, you know, as a, a snapper and a holder. That, that's a lot to get down timing-wise. Sure. I mean, you know, that's just 
<clears throat> the nature of this business, I guess, at the end of the day, it's there's going to be turnover. Um, but I think we've got a really good group. Uh, obviously, Britain brings a ton of experience to the table, which is positive. And, and then Austin is one of the hardest workers I know and just, just really focused in on on the details and he's he's way further along than I ever could have hoped to be it when I was a rookie so uh, to have those two guys um, in front of me helping me with the operations yeah, I couldn't couldn't really have any better honestly what did the battle and training camp do for you to make it better kicker the day does it do is there anything sure uh, you know competition I think brings uh, should bring out the best in anybody and definitely uh definitely pushed me a little bit um at the end of the day i you got to focus on what you can control and 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 do your best and and not get too side sidetracked with with the, what's going on in the peripherals but uh but yeah i mean that was a a good a good uh test for me and it was definitely gave me motivation going into the year for sure dan, <laughs> excuse me dan bailey back in the home <coughs> last week i was in new york covering it when the giants played he had a chance to Visit briefly with Pat Shermer, the Giants head coach who used to be here. Um, and the uh, I thought, boy, this win could really play a factor. Well, it didn't get that windy. Bailey made his field goals, but those Giants fans are something else. It was really something to be on the field before the game and to see um, the two takeaways were when Stephon Diggs came out and the Giants fans started in on, hey, Diggs, how was practice this week? Did you have fun at practice? Do you like practicing, Diggs? I mean, they're all over them. In a good way. And then when the game ended, there's always, uh, when, when it's the Minnesota Vikings, there's always a pretty good delegation of fans that travel with them on the road. Don't know if you're aware of that or not, but there's always a lot of purple uh, in the stands when the Minnesota Vikings play anywhere. Uh, not just Green Bay, but anywhere. And they st- stuck around. The, the stadium kind of emptied out. And, and they, they all go to the tunnel, the corner, where the Vikings come off so that they can you know wave to them, high-five them. And, and, then, and then Vikings players will many times throw them their wristbands, their chin strap, there's something, you know. Sometimes there's shoes they'll give them as they, as they go off the field. And uh, yet last week's was about as emotional as I've seen in a long time because they had exercised the demon. They'd come back and won this game and dominated the Giants on the road after, uh, after the week before was a disaster in Chicago. And the uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, to see him coming off the field, uh, to see the, the fire in his eyes, it looked almost like the famous scene for when he's playing for Washington and he stops by the, the media press conference before it stops and he says, what do you think of us now? What do you think of us now? Uh, he had that same kind of a look. And then to visit with him during practice this week and find out that you know there, there was a fire, there was something that, that had ignited him uh, during the week. And then, uh, and then, of course, right after that, all that happened was the president called him while he was on the bus and then one of his former teammates called him out during the week. So we'll see how he performs under those... Uh, under the, that situation uh, today, but it, it was just interesting. And then to see Ziggy Wilf come walking off and this is his hometown. The giants were his team forever. And now he's got them and and, and he beat them and he's walking off and, and, and he's, you know, he's clapping. And I mean, it, it, I don't know, man, but th- this sports thing is crazy because only that can bring out that in grown men, you know, <laughs> only that can get you that pumped up. Mike Hughes has been making a big impact with the Minnesota Vikings as well. Many of you said, why have you not had Mike Hughes on your show yet on the Sports Huddle? And I said, okay. So I went out and I visited with Mike Hughes. Uh, what was it like, though? Talking to you after the game, you felt really good. You were glowing after that game. 
Yeah, um, you know, I feel like I had a pretty good game, but, you know, we played well as a group, and um, that's all that matters. Uh, as we just play as a, as a unit, have fun, go out there and compete, and you know, just do what we do. You were always by the ball, though. That's a big part of it. Yeah, of course it's a big part of it, and uh, I should have came up with a couple of those plays. Um, you know, but we'll get back to work this week, and you know we're focusing on Philly. You even Coach Dimmer was even pleased. That's hard to do when you're defensive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's always a good thing when, when coaches don't speak highly of you. But like I said, we we uh, we come in to work uh, week week in and week out, and uh, you know it shows on Sundays. And um, like I said, we'll get back to work this week, and we're focused on Philly. And Philly presents what? Obviously, we know about Wentz, but what, you look at their tape, and what do you see? They're a good team, and uh, we'll, we'll have to come with our A game, and um, you know, we'll, we'll do a lot of studying this week to see uh, who they like to get the ball to and what they what they like to do offensively, and um, you know, we'll, we'll come ready to play. Obviously, that was early in the week, so I'm sure he's figured out who they're going to uh, try to defend. Deshaun Jackson will not be one of them. He's uh, got an abdominal injury, will not play today. Carson Wentz, obviously, uh, will be the focal point. He's the decision maker and their, their trigger man. Plus, they've got that big front defensive line. But boy, in the back seven, there's some soft spots in their week there. Anderson Dale was signed by, away from the Minnesota Vikings when they decided that Anthony Harris could play that spot. So they signed Sandeo away, uh, the Eagles did, uh, with the blessing of the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, they've struggled a little bit back there. They, they beat the Green Bay Packers that night. Uh, but Rodgers had some – he had some shots. And I think you're going to see that today because they'll, they'll, they'll try harder to shut down Delvin Cook and shut down the run. And they will from time to time. But that's going to leave them some opportunities that uh, – uh, it's going to be about Cousins and Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph and, and a little bit about Cook out of the backfield uh, and the other part will be if he can uh, – you know, one of the things that doesn't get talked about that much is uh, Delvin Cook, uh, the pass protector. It's an area where he's got to get better. He, he's got to be able to chip. He's got to be able to do some things uh, to help protect against the pass. And they're trying to game plan around that because they want him on the field all the time. They want him to be accounted for all the time. But that will be the other thing as to how they integrate Delvin Cook into it. Uh, if they run screen passes for him, if they do all those things. What a show for us today. God, this was fun. Uh, I mentioned we started with Dave St. Peter, the president of the Minnesota Twins. Then it was Kirk Cousins, the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Then it was P.J. Fleck coming off their big win. Then it was Richard Pitino looking ahead of the basketball season. Then it was Chris Wright, the, the uh, Minnesota United Loons, and back-to-back with the St. Thomas-St. John's game next week. Um, th- then it was Zirocco Baldelli, the manager of the Minnesota Twins. Then it was Matt, Matt Entz, the head coach of North Dakota State. Then it was Dan Bailey. Then it was Mike Hughes. Oh, I think we can scarf up a few guests around here, and we'll do it again next week. Sid and Dave will be back, but right now Sid's got wheat toast and he's ready for the game to start. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t